Go ahead and have a seat this morning. Well, call by name and the corral takes a seat. And uh, we turn to radical parenting in an X world. We're uh, kind of picking up where we, uh, where we left off a couple, uh, three weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I haven't been with you a couple weeks, so thanks for all your prayers for our team while we're over there in, in Ethiopia. And I hear the fill-in did okay. So uh, that's all good, right? But we're going to pick up with uh, radical parenting uh, in the next world. And uh, just give you, because it was three weeks ago, I'll give you a little, little reminder here of what we did the first week, was uh, talking about uh, parenting and that uh, our families should be families, because we're Christ followers, our families shouldn't just blend into the world, right? That we should stand up and we should stick out and we should be the ones uh, setting the pace in the world. Um, then we talked about... Um, Part of our role as parents in a radical way is to prepare our kids to leave, right? Not live in the basement forever, but get them out of there. You know, they're, out, they're supposed to be out there making a difference in the world, and our job is to prepare them to do that. And then uh, to do that, we've got to be able to surrender them to whatever God wants in their life, not what we think they ought to be about, but what it is God wants in their life. And then ultimately, we're there to provide them with that pillar of stability uh, and strength, okay? Now today we kind of pick it up, radical parenting in the next world, and uh, what I'm going to share with you today uh, is radical. But sadly, it's only radical because of the nature of parenting that we see existing uh, in our world today. Uh, the first principle I'm going to share with you, I mean, hardcore biblical stuff, uh, but it's only radical uh, when you're standing in the grocery store checkout line. And you all know what happens when you're standing in the grocery store checkout line and there is a parent in front of you with a small child. And the small child has determined they need candy. You know where I'm going with this, right? You've seen this happen? And when you watch the whole thing happen, when you watch the whole thing unfold, when you're done, you're left with a question that basically says, Holy cow, who's in charge? Sadly, the answer in a lot of our families out there in the world today is the kids. The kids are running the place. So it's radical for us to gather here today and look at the scriptures and understand God's order for parenting and families. That's what we're going to do. It is radical for us to think that in our families who stand up and stick out, who live according to God's principles and what the Bible teaches, in our families, children come in to show. They come in third. This is a radical principle that our families need to get a hold of. Parents, you've got to get this this morning because it is the best principle you need to get for the sake of your children and for your marriage. Okay? Here's the way it works. Obviously, we know that in all of our families, Scripture proclaims that God always comes first, right? In, in our lives, God always comes first. Do as God does. After all, you are his dear children. We're children. He's parent, right? The relationship for all of us is that God is first in our life. He made that uh, very clear in Exodus 20 uh, to his people when he said, listen, don't worship any God except me. Where does he expect to be? In position number one, right? He expects to be in position number one. I mean, that's the way it is, right? He is God. We're not. And so God comes first in our lives. 
Uh, it's the way it is. And so as God comes first in our life, then we ask, well, okay, what's in second position? Well, second position is our marriages. The relationship of husband and wife. God is a God of order. He's a God of creation. He created in order. And, and if you follow the order of creation, right, he created everything, and he's in charge of the whole deal. And then he created Adam, and then he created Eve, and he made that incredible relationship of husbands and wives. Did you notice that when you go through and you look at the whole creation experience, do you notice when children come along? After they're kicked out of the garden. After they're out of the garden. I mean, in the garden experience, it's the relationship of God in charge walking with Adam and Eve in their marital relationship. We need to get this. God's in charge. The second position is for us to have incredible, fantastic relationships as husbands and wives. Parents, this is the best thing you can do for your kids. The best thing you can do for your kids is pay attention to your marriage. To have an incredible, overflowing marriage. If you look at Ephesians 5, uh, Paul says, Honor Christ, put others first. Notice Christ takes first position. Honor Christ, okay? Because you honor Christ, because he's in the number one position, that flows into our other relationships. And so wives, put your husbands first as she, as she does the Lord, right? Correct order. Husband, love your wife as much as Christ loved the church, gave up his life for it. I mean, what's the deal? The deal is the marriage relationship. It ought to come first, right after your relationship with Christ. And that is the best thing we can do as parents uh, for our children is establish a solid marriage relationship. Our kids need to know that mom and dad are in that right relationship. And, and that gives them the security and the foundation for their life. So God comes first, then our marriage relationships, and then children come along in the third position. If we go to uh, Ephesians 6, we can kind of see that unfold as uh, scriptures talks to kids. It says, children, you belong to the Lord. Okay, so who's in number one position? The Lord, right? Children, get it right. Now, you belong to the Lord. The Lord's in charge. Okay, you belong to him. He's in charge of things. And you do right the right thing when you put yourself in the number three slot. Kids, you do right when you put God in charge of your life, and then you obey your parents. When you put yourself underneath your parents, you see the order of things? God's in charge. God is the center of our life. God is what gives us direction and purpose. And our marriage relationships are an expression of that. And then come our children. Our children are an outflow of that incredible relationship that has to be grounded in Christ in our marriages. Husband and wives, are you listening to me today? Best thing you can do for your kids is leave them with grandpa and grandpa for a weekend. I'm serious. Best thing you can do. Leave with grandma. Don't rob them of that incredible experience with grandma and grandpa, right? And more importantly, don't rob yourself of that credible opportunity to build your marriage. So that when you come back refreshed and strengthened and encouraged and solid as a couple, your kids know it and understand it in their life. They have the security in their life of knowing mom and dad are tight and right. It's the order of things. I know it sounds radical in today's world, but the radical truth is God's in charge. Marriages comes next. Children are number three. That means mom and dad, you are in charge in your household. Your kids are aren't. It is a radical thought. 
right? What is our role then? Our role as parents is to be radical parents who, who are responsible for guiding our children, being in charge of our households, and making sure that we keep the priority right in our households. And the priority in our households so that they stand up and be different, so, I, so our kids grow up to be everything Christ wants them to be, is to make sure we establish in our kids' life that relationship with Christ. That's the most important thing we can do for them. The most important thing we can do is establish a right relationship with our kids. Why? With, with Christ. Why? Because they're going to grow up and they're going to go out into that world. Remember, they're going to leave. We talked about that. They're going to leave. And when they leave, they need to have that foundational relationship with Christ so that they can stand over and against the temptations and the challenges they're going to have in their life. If you look at uh, Genesis 2, it's just a reminder there uh, that uh, they're going to leave. They're going to go off and, and leave and build their own lives. And there's a reminder for us in Deuteronomy 6 of how important it is, because of that truth, that we get the right things into them when they're children. This comes uh, from Moses, and it comes when the uh, people of God are getting ready to go in and take over the land that God has promised to them, right? So they're getting ready to go over and be landed people. Now, this is a big shift in their world. Prior to this, the people of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness. And, and every day, they've been living in an incredibly dependent relationship with God. They've just been depending on God. Every morning they get up, and the manna better be there. Right? And they've they got to follow the, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. I mean... They are totally absorbed with understanding what it means to walk with God every single day. But now they're going to become landed people. You know what happens when you get to be landed? Then you get a house and you've got to have upkeep and you've got to do all that stuff. And then life gets busy because you've got to go to work and you've got to do all the things to provide. And then, of course, along come piano lessons and ballet lessons. And, right? and the, cars, the, house, the car turns into a taxi cab. That's all the landed stuff, isn't it? Sure. And here's the warning that Moses gives to the people. Listen, when you're in the land, when your life's getting busy, when it gets full of all the stuff that you're going to try to keep up with, when you're in the land and it's easy to risk losing the right order of things, it's easy to forget to put God first, keep your marriage solid, rock hard and good, and, and let the children be third. It's when you get in the land and all that stuff starts happening, here's his, here's his lesson. Memorize his laws and tell them to your children. How often? Over and over again. Over and over again. Just keep telling them over and over again. That's what we do, parents. That's what we do. We just keep, because we have a great relationship with our spouse, and because we keep our marriage centered in the Word, because we share the Bible with one another every day, because we pray together as husband and wife every day, because we let our kids see ourselves as husband and wife Grounded in the Word, we show them and over and over again teach them the importance of having Christ in their life. He says, listen, tell them over and over again. Talk about it all the time, whether you're at home or walking along the road or going to bed at night or getting up in the morning. How often are we supposed to be pouring this into our kids? All the time. It's the number one job. It's the number one task. That's what we're supposed to be about as parents. We're supposed to be about keeping that right relationship that says, God is first in my life, and kids, the most important thing I can teach you is to do the same thing in your life. 
is to keep Jesus Christ at the center of your life. Why? Because of Proverbs 22. It says, teach your children right from wrong, and when they are grown, they'll still do right. See, when our kids grow up and they leave, they're going to start making those decisions about what's right and what's wrong. And we, as parents, if we get the order of things right, we will pour into them everything we can before they leave. So that when they're out there, they're going to make those right decisions and live in that right relationship uh, with Christ. What's it mean for us? It means for us as parents, if we keep the order right in our house, then we can pour that good news into our kids, get them in that relationship with Christ, and help them discover what their cazone is, what their purpose is. And this is part of the exciting stuff of parenting. Now, now, parents, when you look at your kids, are all your kids identical? Of course not, right? They're all, they get different personalities, and, and, and they got different gifts. They get different talents. They get different skills. They're all different, right? The, the key, the fun for us, the, the challenge for us as parents is, is pouring that relationship with Christ, with Christ into them and helping them discover, helping them discover the purpose God has in their life. It's exciting stuff. I mean, we believe that when we bring our children to baptism, we believe not only does God come and make his home with them, but with it he brings gifts chosen just for them from the beginning of time. That when they were formed and fashioned in the womb, he was also forming and fashioning specific gifts to pour into their life so that they would be equipped to accomplish things for the purposes of the kingdom of heaven. As parents, we get the challenge, the excitement of helping our kids discover what that is. Let me uh, give you the example from Scripture. It's in, uh, in Luke 2, and you can see how old Jesus was when this happened. Uh, it says, when he was 12 years old. Do you remember when you were 12 years old? Was this like the most favorite time in life? Right? I mean, we're talking junior high kind of stuff. Yeah, anybody want to do that again? Not in my book. I'm not going back there, okay? I'm okay with gray hair at this point. Not going back there, right? I mean, that's that time where you're worrying about whether you fit in or not, and it's, it's just an awkward, difficult time in life, right? Here Jesus is 12 years old, right? Middle school kid, 12 years old. And his family takes him down to Jerusalem. And they do the Jerusalem thing, and then they get all the family together, the aunts and the uncles and the cousins and the nephews and the nieces and all those folks, and off they go back towards Nazareth. They get about a day away, and Joseph and Mary say, where's the boy? And they can't find him anywhere. So frantically, they head back to Jerusalem, and the text says in Luke 2 that it took them three days before they finally found him in the temple. So Joseph and Mary finally find Jesus, the 12-year-old, hanging out in the temple, and they go to the temple and they say, "What, kid, what are you doing? Don't you know you made us frantic? Here is Jesus' response. Jesus said to them, How is it that you had to look for me? Now, isn't that an interesting question? It's as if he's saying to them, Listen, Mom and Dad, you should have known where I was going to be. I mean, Mom and Dad, I've been with you for 12 years. You should know me by now. You should know my gifts, my talents. You should know what I'm about. I mean, you should know where I would naturally be. Response, did you not see and know that it is necessary as a duty for me to be in my father's house 
and occupied about my father's business. At 12 years old, what did Jesus have to be about? His father's business. How cool is that? 12 years old. 12 years old. He already understands that, that his purpose in life is to be about whatever it is God wants to do in his life. Parents, isn't that like the key for us? If we can look at our, our unique kids and, and look at their personalities and their gifts and their talents and, and help them discover and understand the gifts that God's put into them and the way He's shaped them and fashioned and molded them and, and get them a vision and get them a, a sense of what they can be in life. And I don't mean just when they're, you know, 30-somethings, but even when they're 12 years old, to help them understand that they can be a world difference maker at 12 years old or less. See, the great thing for us as parents is when we get the order right, when we're putting God first in our life, when we're keeping our marriages second and hard and rock and solid and, and letting that pour into our children, then we can have that relationship with our kids that helps them discern how incredible their life can become. After all, you look at Jesus and it says... Uh, he was obedient. He, he had the relationship right. It says he went down with them from Nazareth, and he was habitually obedient to them. His, his mother kept and closely, uh, persistently guarded all the things in her heart. But, but notice, Jesus wasn't getting in their face. He wasn't getting uppity about the whole thing. He, he went back with them to Nazareth, and he put himself in the right relationship with them. Right? He was obedient to them. He put himself in that right relationship. And look at the outcome. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in broad and full understanding, and in stature, and years, and in favor with God and man. Is there a parent in the house that doesn't want that for each one of your kids? I mean, isn't that what it's all about? I mean, holy cow, wouldn't it be awesome for our kids to just grow up and grow in wisdom and full understanding, to grow in stature before God and to walk in favor with God for the rest of their life? It all happened because the relationship was in the right order, because they were being radical parents who were putting God first and keeping that relationship in the right order, and Jesus was discovering his gifts and his purpose. It is a radical idea, but it's the radical idea that helps our families stand up and stand out. It's the radical idea that gives our kids security in our homes so they can discover those gifts so they can determine to live with Christ for the rest of their life. Our kids can be awesome. Our kids can do incredible things for the kingdom of heaven. Isaiah 11 gives us just a glimpse of how powerful God can work in our children's life. It says, Wolves will live with lambs, leopards will die, lie down with goats, calves and lions will eat together, and who's going to lead them? Children? A little children and little children will lead them around. How cool is that? Radical thought, parents, but what if you would go home today and you would look at your kids and you would see and look for the potential of not what they could be in being a you know, some professional, but you would just look at them and say, What can they do in the kingdom of heaven? What can they do for the cause of Jesus Christ in the world? What gifts and talents has God already poured into them that they can make a difference in the world for Jesus Christ? That potential is in each one of our kids. When we keep our 
families in that right relationship, in that right order of things, when we understand our kids have that kind of potential, and more importantly, when we understand our God can do that in our kids. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, the incredible privilege we have of being parents. Uh, we don't take it lightly, Lord, and uh, we just today want to make sure that our houses are living according to your order of things uh, and that we would just uh, keep you first and because of that, that we would uh, just keep our marriages growing and solid for our kids and uh, that we would make that the priority in our house and that each parent today would take up that radical challenge of uh, being in charge in their home and uh, just running that home according to what you teach and uh, what your word has to say. And we pray for our kids. Uh, we know they're an incredible gift and that each one of them has been um, blessed by you and, and chosen by you to do incredible things for the kingdom of heaven. So, Lord, we just pray. Help us to discern our children and help them grow to be everything you want them to be, that they can grow in wisdom and stature, and that when they leave, they can do what is right according to your purpose. Father, we just put our families into your hands, and we put our children into your care. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.